everyone, and welcome back to She's All That Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1999 examination of popularity in high school, She's All That, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. Minute 63 begins with the blonde girl handing Simon her plate and goes through Zach saying, you're going to get up, get over there, as he's walking the bullies away from Simon. Uh-huh. So, the blonde girl. Yeah, is... you want to tell us? Uh, I recognized her immediately, and I there was a moment when I read your notes, and you called her some blonde girl, Yeah, where I was like, does James not recognize her? <laughs> surely James no like surely James recognizes her. <laughs> yeah. But um I had yeah. to talk myself into no, James definitely recognizes her. But as she is not like a notable character, he has he is right. referring to her as some blonde girl. Um and being coy because it cut off right at the minute. Um right. where she was sort of like we saw him come up to her and then like the minute ended before she interacted with did anything well. yeah. yeah um no as, as of course as a kid of um that you know graduated high school in 2001 i was i could probably pick sarah michelle geller out of a uh a lineup with uh bad vision in a dim light um not facing towards the camera like yeah it's uh yeah yep um an image a per, like sort of like freddie prince jr where it was like everywhere 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 oops where, where, yeah, where'd, where'd she, she go? go? <laughs> um, and I actually have a, an answer to that question in part. So uh, what I did okay. for research for here, I wrote SMG, OMG, because I'm cute. And so what I did <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that research is where what their relationship was. I went down to personal life, Freddie Prince Jr., and, and just looked, where, where, where are they? So uh, the Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar got married on September 1st, 2002 in Puerto Vallarta, Jalisco, Western Mexico. Um, they had met a couple years before in 1987, filming I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, mm-hmm. They started dating in 2000 and were engaged in April of 2001. So, what? Um, and I have some, some co-starring filmography, but what to me that means Sarah Michelle Gellar was on set to flirt and be there and like do that thing where you're like, I guess I'll go visit him at work. But I'm Sarah Michelle Gellar and he's Freddie Prince Jr. So work is this big motion picture yep and so they were like sarah michelle geller is always here let's put her in the movie but she can't talk because then we'd have to pay her right <laughs> so, do you, now do you think that she like that somebody else was supposed to be the girl simon offered stuff to and ended up losing out on that moment of interacting with a named character because Freddie's girlfriend was on set? No, no. This this felt like an extra, let's film this part, because it's cool that Sarah Michelle Gellar's here. He has yeah. to get a plate. But but I think he I think he just throws the plate away. No, isn't I that the that, plate that the... Didn't he pick up her plate of pizza? Was it an uneaten... I guess he said it's too cold. Okay. Okay, fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he was so like, some, oh, was it too cold? Because, yeah, so, I, first I thought it was an empty plate. But yeah. she appears to be giving him a plate of untouched food. Someone almost like payment, which is kind of weird. Like, but yeah. it's not. Like, it's like it's like she's giving a tip. Anyways, it's weird to do that non-verbally because it's a very much a sort of a verbal interaction that you need to be having. Um, yeah. So okay, but I think that 
he could have just gotten a plate of pizza and they wrote in this is how he got the plate of pizza so that yeah. we could have this quick little shot of her at the table. Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, um, but I do like the idea of her just sort of showing up. I imagine her with a little black or different colored black backpack, sort of a 1999, like, I keep mm-hmm. my comb in here sort of backpack. Um, yeah. I don't know what was in there. Um, all right. So they were, they coast lip gloss. <laughs> Sure, exactly. Um, uh, all right, so they co-start in Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Happily Ever After, where N, it's capital N, apostrophe, capital E, so I'm not sure what that means, but uh, whatever. And uh, they were in Star Wars that. Rebels together from 2000, well, the, the show went from 2014 to 2018. I don't know if they were on... You know, it was an animated show, so I don't know if they were on screen together. Like, if they're char- if they did that cute thing where, like, they often did it with a uh, Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito, where it's like they're married, yeah. so now they're married as characters in here because it's like we all know they're married. Um, yeah, and they also did with uh, with um, Gary and Penny Marshall in Hocus Pocus, which is weird because they were brother and sister. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like it's it's one of the weirdest castings. That also a little bit makes sense. Because, mm-hmm. like, you're like, I know they're brother and sister, but I believe them as husband and wife. Yep, yep. Um, anyways, um, but in a way that, like, I wouldn't want all that's occurring to me is Dan and Sarah Levy, but, like, uh, Joan and John Cusack. I don't want them to I be was love just think- I was just thinking yeah. the Cusacks. Now, yeah. Joan and John Cusack look like siblings in a way that uh, Gary I and agree. Penny Marshall don't. Which I think I is why it would be even weirder if Joan and John were cast as husband and wife. And I think that Gary and Penny had enough um, age to them, if you will, that mm-hmm. you could believe that it was that thing where married couples, you know, start to take on each other's mannerisms and patterns right. of speech and stuff. Um well, Anyways. and it also was, they were characters who were not, like, lovey-dovey in any way. Like, there was absolutely no expectation of any kind of husband and wife interaction beyond yeah. cranky with each other. <laughs> Which, quite it's frankly, tr- is very much a sibling-y relationship as well, so. For sure, for sure. Truly one of my favorite parts of that movie. And that is a movie with Kathleen yep. and Jimmy in it, and so that's saying something. Um, yep. It's almost like P- Gary and Penny Marshall are talented um Actors and directors. Um, mm-hmm. Almost. It's like they so, know what they're doing. It's like they know what they're doing. Uh, Geller, it says here, Geller also made a non-speaking cameo in Prince's film, She's All That. So I can't wait to see that. Um, yeah, no, I'm kidding. That's why we're yeah. talking. <laughs> oh, I have... Um, speaking of di- did I recognize her, I have been... Um, one of the tri- pieces of trivia is that she makes a cameo. So I have been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, funnily enough, the two things that I've been waiting for are Click the Super Latin and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Because I knew that those were names that oh. made cameos that I was like, gotta be on your guard. Gotta do it. You're gonna, yep. not, you're gonna miss them. And neither gotta of them... Gotta find them. Gotta, yeah. It was, um, Gabrielle Union, um, for this show, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, Gabrielle Union... Uh, her first credit was on um, Family Matters. Mm-hmm. We tried it to was find her, first... her in that scene. I watched that that entire episode. Must have been the equivalent of four times. 
Yeah. Just not not straight through, but being like, all right, this scene again. She has to be in this scene. Nope, nope, nope. So I was expecting that level, and it was more like The Simpsons Where's Waldo, where it's like Find Waldo Yet Again is the book, and it's literally she opens it up, and it's one person pointing at Waldo, and there's no one else on the screen. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> or on the page, yeah. Uh, it was good. So, um, yes. Um and they have two children, a daughter, Charlotte, born in September 2009, and a son, Rocky, born in September 2012. And they live in Los Angeles. Okay. So it seems like raising kids and being on Star Wars is... Is why we is have not it. really seen right. much and of like, her lately. Apparently or him, for that Star- matter. Right, exactly. I mean, they've been in those... They were in a, like a Maytag commercial or something where it was like, we don't want to leave the house ever, but we do need a washing machine or whatever. Um... You know, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell can't be on every commercial, so they're like the right. backup. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, uh, the, like, I know that Freddie Prince Jr.'s character, at least, was big enough um, in the franchise that there's a part in the last movie, spoilers for Star Wars 9, um, where all these Sith Lords are talking, or all these uh, Jedi Masters are talking, like, to the main character, like, in voiceover in, like, her head. And mm-hmm. one of them is Freddie Prince Jr., who was voicing a character that he voiced on the TV show. Okay. So it's like he had a big enough character. And I mean, why wouldn't you cast? It'd be wild to cast Freddie Prince Jr. as a no one. Yeah. Well, who is who is he? Alan um, Alan Tudyk? No, you. <laughs> right. Um, playing, you know, like uh, or like uh, who was it? John? <laughs> playing no. a robot who doesn't speak or a chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a um. Who was it that uh, there were two people that played the the robot in one of the Star Wars movies? And it was people you've heard. It was like Fred Armisen and, and Bill Hader or someone. Okay. Like, I don't know who Fred Armisen is, but I know Bill Hader. Um, he's often in, in things. He was on SNL, too. He, he, okay. Anyways, you may, you may have seen him in stuff with Bill Hader. But Bill Hader. Okay. But, um, they did this thing where, like, they spoke. They did, like, droid beeps into a microphone. And then they, like, vocoded it or something. It was... That they got a credit for that is wild to me, and I don't really understand why it's it is like a I kind of want that job. Yeah, I would it love seems cool, for someone right? to pay me to say beep boop beep into a microphone a bunch of times, <laughs> and then I'm part of the Star Wars franchise. Or did they improv lines for BB-8 to be saying, and then they? turned it into beeps i think that was it i think they had bb8 saying a thing because bb8 is kind of a snarky asshole which is kind of fun well um, and you know bb8 is alan tudyk is right, alan tudyk think, who you're thinking of no 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 it's definitely oh. bill or maybe it's maybe it's a different droid but there's definitely okay. someone that that bill Hader voiced that i think that it was he watched the movie you know, on the on the view screen Mm-hmm. Improvised stuff, and I think it was that he improvised actual lines, and then they turned the sort of lines into beeps. Okay, um, all of this is like n- semi irrelevant. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. stars. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm gonna look it up after we finish recording because it's super not relevant, but it's pretty cool. I seem to recall, and that is like the James Anderson biography. It's pretty cool, <laughs> I seem to recall, colon, the James Anderson story. All right. <clears throat> but 
that's not um, even the most of what happens in this minute. Um, Correct. So she gives she gives him her plate. He says, "What was it? Too cold." She says nothing in a very like pointed way. Like she's not speak. It's not that she didn't happen to speak. It's that she was not speaking. Yeah, um, I wish that they had just had her like hand him the plate and continue her conversation with the person right. sitting next to her rather than right. have her shoot him a look like you are scum on the bottom of my, of my shoe. Why are you still here? Which there maybe was, was of... to further establish that Simon is not cool. Right. And fair, but I agree that she should, that she could have done that by paying him no extra mind. Yeah. Um, like, Oh good. The trash boy is here. Right. Um, Please take my trash there was plate. An... Exactly. There was an episode of Buffy where, um, every like sound got no no one could talk. Uh, it was oh, called Hush, okay. and it was very good. Um, it's very creepy because no one can talk, and so they had like it was just musical cues. Um, it was very good, but uh, it sort of it was like in my head, like a slight fan fiction spark in my head is she is Buffy, and she has been popped into this she's all that world from that episode and she can't talk because oh. of the the handsome men is who the villains were called and they are one of the scariest things i've seen on television so interesting yeah okay so two bullies come up to simon and say hey it's little rain 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 man himself which is horrifying um right and also so- have we seen simon stutter at all ever or do anything remotely rain man ask okay so here's so let me just give some some cultural background and then we'll get into it because i this is my nerfing this is where my nerfing starts so okay. uh wikipedia says rain man is a 1988 american road drama drama <laughs> road drama um road <laughs> drama directed by D- barry levinson uh it stars tom cruise who is this guy named charlie babbitt um his like dad died and the um the half his half brother is named Raymond, who's played by Dustin Hoffman, and Raymond is an autistic savant. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Rain Man, and of course, I, I also um, it says uh, the writer Barry Morrow created the character of Raymond after meeting Kim Peek, a real life savant. His characterization was based both on on both Peek and Bill Sactor a good friend of Morrow who was the subject of Bill, an earlier film that Morrow wrote. So um, I just want, I, I didn't, I hadn't known that they were sort of based on true people that he'd met, oh, which yeah, actually makes me feel either. a lot better th- about it's sort of mm, Dustin Hoffman, I think does a great job. And when you're watching the movie, which I very much enjoy because I like Dustin Hoffman and I also like Tom Cruise's performances. Um, not sure if you're listening to this, I'm not sure if that's a popular or unpopular opinion. Um, so I, I like the movie, but when you don't see it and you're hearing it in caricature, it feels it's it's a stutter in that he can't get a word like he, it, like you know time for Wapner definitely time for Wapner definitely time for Wapner because uh, he liked to watch the People's Court um, at three p.m. or whatever. So the caricature of Rain Man, which is what he called or what Charlie called him as a kid or something, because um, he couldn't say Raymond. Anyways. Um, is you stutter like this, but in this, it for sure comes out as a stutter. Yes. Um, now, here's here's what I'm thinking. I don't know what they would have referenced. 
But if they referenced instead a movie with a deaf person, mm-hmm. and they did a deaf caricature voice, right, and whatever, that would make more sense for a bullying situation. Yes. However, if I was a director, I would say, uh, no, 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 no. Someone rewrite this. M. M. Night Shyamalan, come over here and rewrite this. We need you for this one thing, and right. this is the thing that he wrote. Um, because it feels like you're like, all right, now of course this is trading one offensive thing for another offensive thing. Um, right. But ma- Rain Man has become still- a cultural touchstone. It, it feels like punching down. Uh, pun- it feels more like punching down because you're like these guys are idiots. He has hearing aids. He's not autistic. Now, making fun of autistic people is no better than making fun of someone with hearing aids. That's correct. That's not the point. But they're. It's. I mean, it would be like making fun of a Hispanic person with you know an Asian stereotype. It's like that's horrible. But you're an idiot. Like you're an idiot right. for the thing anyway. But you're also doing it wrong. Right. Like. Like, you're not even saying something that makes sense of your hate. You're ignorant and and stupid, I guess, is, is right. sort of the thing. Um, so that's my that's my guess about what is supposed to be going on here, because it doesn't make sense, because we haven't seen... Unless, I mean, I guess it could have gone the other way, and they could have had Kieran Culkin try to portray a, an autistic kid... And it didn't yeah. work, and so they gave him hearing aids because he needed to be somewhat differently abled in some way, but him trying to pretend to be autistic didn't work. It just feels like something was changed, because you know Optimus James hates when something like this feels like you, you did it on purpose and it makes no sense. <laughs> right. It's it's also... it's a It's a weird ref to make, too, because... It wasn't. I mean, it was a 1989 Best Picture winner. What a weird thing for bullies to reference. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're like John Travolta in the made-for-TV movie The Boy in the Plastic Bubble, and then quotes it. Like, yeah. are these bullies, or are they, like, film... Like, are, sort of feels like you're a bit of a, of a film nerd, kind of, a little bit. What is going on with you, Munge? Which yeah. is a good way to get into uh, these characters that that we have uh, met ish. Yeah, um, this is gonna I feel be like very we're just putting off the inevitable uh, discussion that we don't want to have uh, tomorrow. Yeah, that, but hey, but that's next. Yeah, that's tomorrow. So yeah, for now we can live. We can live like we are dying um, to not uh, talk about tomorrow. Okay, so uh, the one character who we will hear his name in this week, um, we'll hear his nickname. Uh, the character is Jeffrey Munge Rylander, um, who is played by a, a, a man named Dave Bazada. Um, his top three, this, um, then The Prophecy 3, The Ascent, which, uh, uh, yeah. And he played a character named Danielle, D-A-N-Y-A-E-L. Okay. Which is a name, I guess. Um, Daniel, but you don't know how to how to spell it traditionally or something. Um, and then a movie called last resort where he played Joey chambers. 
his first credit was he was a character named Pete in in season one, episode ten of uh, a TV show about the Babysitters Club from 1990, which I didn't know existed. Um, okay. And the episode was called "The Babysitters and the Boy Sitters." So I, I actually did know that, that TV show existed. Now that I'm remembering, yeah. like I'm now remembering. Oh no, no, I did, I did watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a plot that that my daughter has told me about uh, has made it to the graphic novel where there are boys that that now babysit and it's like mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Um yep. presumably in the 2020s or 2010s 2020s versions um it won't be as I imagine maybe it was in the 80s and 90s versions like boys babysitting weird <laughs> Yeah, no, I think they'll treat it more as, <laughs> oh no, we have competition. Right, exactly. Um, okay, and then uh, the uh, the other character is someone that we have seen before in Can't Hardly Wait. Um, the character's name is Derek Funkhauser Rutley, um, and uh, he's played by Chris Owen, who, uh, his top three, he was in The Mist, he was Shermanator in, in the American Pie movies, and he was in October Sky. We did an extensive talk about him and uh, the movie Angus and stuff in Can't Hardly Wait, where he played Klepto Guy, mm-hmm. uh, Klepto Kid. Um, you can also, if you uh, uh, join the Patreon for $2 a month at patreon.com slash the scavengers network, uh, I did a live blog of his movie, The Last Sharknado, colon, It's About Time, um, mm-hmm. which was a wild experience from front to back. Um and now, the most surprising thing I found out about Chris Owen, his first credit, he was uh, George or Jorge, because it's spelled sort of like Jorge, is usually spelled, Jorge Zabrowski in Le Peloton de Execution, um, which is where a disgraced World War II infantry captain is assigned command over a firing squad. Um, I don't know if it is entirely in French, or if the title is just in French, also, I learned that Peloton, like the fitness thing, means group. So, oh. yeah. Um, All right. So that is uh, our two bullies. Um, Munge is wearing a shirt that says "Kill All Artists." Yep. Which, which is, is cool. cool. And uh, Funkhauser is wearing Jinkos. Yep. Um, it. Oh man, I, I, I have to assume it's not real. Um. Funkhauser is, I think, I'm going to say too accurate. Anyone that was close to a bully that I knew somehow wore, wore, wore Jinkos. I also knew very cool people that wore Jinkos as well. Right. However, people that were bullies-ish to me almost always wore Jinkos or sort of had a wear Jinkos vibe, even if like they weren't in fashion. Like, Interesting. I'm not sure what to put my finger on there uh, because it's a lot of fabric. But, oh, um, I think we may have discussed Jinkos in Can Hardly Wait as well. Jinkos so, are yeah. very wide. Um, not bell-bottoms because the whole leg is wide. Yeah. Like, think think of wide. Nope, longer than, like, wider than that. Yeah, like, Whatever picture you're a circus of, tent and then make it pants. Yeah, I, I'm now remembering that we did talk about it. Cause did I, I think say we both exactly have, that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said that, and I said the thing that I said um, yep. before. So, 
Well, um, we've officially run out of uh, new and interesting <laughs> things to say. I guess that will be the end of our podcasting careers. This has been partway through. <laughs> We're going to end it at, <laughs> quite frankly, the minute you would prefer that we end this movie at. <laughs> For sh- oh, actually, mm, we get the prelude for it this week. I just well, realized. yeah, we um, do get the prelude for it in this minute. What do these dudes so, do to Simon? So, okay, we start off with Munge, and Munge pulls from underneath his shirt a magazine. And so, when I saw this, I was like, "This is um, horrifying. Uh, a violation, surely." the worst thing I will see happen in this minute. It is a, um, it is a, a, a magazine called Older and Bolder, mm-hmm. um, which appears to be for sort of a senior, it's sort of like a senior pornographic magazine, like mm-hmm. kind of older, older women. Um, yeah. I didn't look it up, and and I was so for a second there. Thank you, you heard it happen. I was like, "Oh man, I was gonna," and I was like, "I can." I'm happy just being like, "Nope, it doesn't exist." And and now let's move on. So yep, there's there was a uh, a double mint gum ad on the back, which I thought was funny and weird. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> um, I was mostly trying to see almost any. I was like, "Oh, I can look at it like the magazine in Crossroads, where I like looked at all the articles and stuff." But one, I couldn't see them, and two, thank God. So, yep. um, not because older women don't have no, but, sexuality or don't whatever, but like, no, but you don't it's a pornographic a... magazine that high schoolers are, yeah, that yeah, high schoolers are being forced to look at. Like, yeah, it's, it, grows it was not going so, to be a an appealing porno mag for sure. Right, it was probably um, going to be presented uh, in kind of a grotesque fashion. Right. Um, so he is sort of has Simon in a headlock and he's sort of being gross and weird. Look, looking at this pornographic magazine with this younger boy and it just sort of feels like, I don't know, there's some, there's some unpacking that I don't think that I'm qualified to do on this by the minute podcast. Meanwhile, and we're going to get back to Munch and some things that he says and Simon's uh, either badass or horrifyingly tragic responses. Uh-huh. Um, meanwhile, uh, Funkhauser has his hands down his pants. And I was like, that's a weird thing. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's um, when you remembered. I didn't remember. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> at I, all, at all. as soon as I realized what was happening, like, that was the moment where I was like, oh, no, I had forgotten that this was the movie where this scene happens. I think that, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but I think that the stuff in tomorrow's scene, I think I remembered and had chalked up to the first American Pie movie. Yep. Um, well, uh, because it's an actor who is very well known for American Pie doing a thing that, quite frankly, should have happened in American Pie. Yeah. I, I'm i going to say that it's been a bit since I've seen... Um. The first American Pie movie. However, I will say that I can't think of anything in... I mean, the grossest thing I can think of in any of those movies is not as gross as this two minutes of, of movie. Yeah. Anyways. Is um, it the chocolate? Just because of... Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
just there's so many ways out of that that didn't need to be that anyways yeah um so okay um he is pulling out some pubic hair to put on the pizza and he puts it on the pizza yep that's all that i want to say about that so back to munch um he had he is saying um oh look at that one oh yeah look, look at that one oh isn't that your mommy to which uh simon replies my mom's dead which is again either fuck you or no this is a horrible a thing that i struggle with it doesn't make sense what you're saying Ugh. he says it like fuck you though so i i i have to imagine it is more of a like you're an idiot i'm sarcastic yeah. i'm going to get my ass kicked either way so whatever however he is, uh, things are broken up because yes. White Knight Zack, which I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say the time when you want a White Knight sort of character to come in is yep. in this situation. Yep. Zack <laughs> has an where... unfortunate habit of putting himself in, uh, the business of Lainey and her loved ones, but yeah. I'm going to give him a pass on this one. I think I, he was welcome here. I, I agree. This is a George McFly walks up and punches Biff in the face sort of situation. It's like, yes. I don't condone violence. However, maybe someone sometimes needs to be punched in the nose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a, a little tight, light tap in the nose. Um, yep. Okay. So, um, I have Zach rolls up. Let him go. Um, and Munch releases Simon. And I was worried that Zach hadn't caught Funkhauser doing what Funkhauser was doing. But then he, he's like, and you, you know, pew boy, you know, pick up the pizza or whatever. That, no, um, that happens tomorrow. That, that, that's tomorrow. That's, to, that's tomorrow. Yeah. So, right, 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 right. He, um, oh, 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 because I read my thing wrong. Okay, roll up, let, rolls up, let him, let him go. Munge releases Simon and Zach marches him over to be next to, to Funkhauser. Meanwhile, doing Munch, a no Simon. look grab. Marches Munge, Munge over, not, not marches Simon over. Marches Munge over to be next to Funkhauser. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, Zach does like a no look grab at the, at the magazine, which didn't, he didn't get it at first. And I thought that was really funny because he was like trying to be intimidating and sort of give him the glare but he was also trying to grab the magazine off the table. And he kind like, he didn't grab, grab, grab. He keeps missing it. But it was like, grab, oops, didn't get it. Okay, got it this time. And I thought that was really funny. And it wasn't a big thing. But I just know, like, sometimes, I, like, some things stand out that are like, oh, we chose that take. Okay. Well, maybe he missed yeah. it a bunch of times. Um, it was the one time he didn't knock it on the floor. And they were like, okay, it's good enough. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Freddie could not, Freddie could not grab that magazine. Um, and then yeah. the rest of so the people in the is... cafeteria started yelling, don't let it drop, and hacky sack. Right. And they uh-huh. were like, we'll just exactly. take this, okay, you grabbed it, it's fine, we're just going to move on. Exactly. Freddie was getting they, embarrassed they t- in front of Sarah Michelle. It was this whole thing. They talked about having like a like a sort of like a, maybe a tacky thing on either the the fingers, his fingers, or the magazine. Then they're like, "That looks really, really bad." Well, they did so, try it. They did try that, and, and they, he stuck no, his hand sure, to the table. Sure. 
Yeah. And then it was like, ugh, how embarrassing. Yep. Freddie Prince Jr. Klutz. <laughs> Freddie so... Prince Jr. can't pick up magazines. <laughs> exactly. Um, can't hardly pick up magazines. So uh, that is all that I have for this minute. Same. And you know what? You already mentioned our Patreon. So I vote yeah. that we just do basic social media and then we'll mention Twitch on Friday and we'll call it good. So perfect. All right. Well, I have um, we have a uh, Twitter handle for this podcast franchise, which is at J underscore minute movies. And we have individual Twitter handles. Mine is at unabashed James. And I'm at unabashedly Aaron. And we mentioned the Patreon earlier. And just once again, the address is patreon.com slash the scavengers network. Um, that is going to do it for today. Come back tomorrow, I guess? Yeah. I mean, listen. I have a discussion in mind that isn't going to be gross. That's good. So, maybe come back tomorrow. However, if we see you on Friday, we'll see you on Friday. And... Sure will. And don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Uh... I can confirm, as as we as we as we leave Wednesday's episode, the Thursday's episode, there will be no time at which you'll be asking, is is that Paul Walker? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.